this is episode number 295, The Keys to Transformation with Bob Doyle. Welcome to the Sonia Looney Show. This is a podcast about how to live a high-performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better every day. Taking on transformation like what we're talking about, being intentional about it, is asking for discomfort. If you're not willing for that, then you're not up for the transformation because you've gotten where you are just all on autopilot slowly, year after year, subtle things have rewired you. This is just general population. The news, the world affairs, changing opinions, attitudes, maturity, everything just sort of, you just naturally rewire yourself into other people. What we're talking about is saying, nope, I'm going to use this brain that is totally ready to be programmed for a radical change if necessary. I hope you are having an awesome day. And when you're listening to this, I'll have a new baby and I'm recording this before having the baby. So I'm pretty excited about all of that. And I'm excited to share that journey with you. Mindset is a huge part of this show and something that I am personally the most passionate about probably when it comes to all of these topics. It's really hard to pick one, but I really believe that the way that we see the world truly affects how we make every single decision in our lives. And today's guest, Bob Doyle, is somebody else who believes that. Bob Doyle is a law of attraction expert and coach, and the law of attraction is a belief that positive or negative thoughts bring positive or negative experiences into a person's life. He focuses heavily on helping people decide who they want to be and how they get to and want to express themselves. Bob has been teaching these principles through programs, live events, podcasts, coaching, writing, you name it, since 1998. And he's known for his contribution to the film and the book, The Secret. But he has shifted away from that identity, wanting to be more focused and more authentic to talking about the science behind the law of attraction, because the law of attraction can be taken way out of context. He likes to focus on a biological look of what controls our experiences in our brain. Bob is passionate about the neuroplasticity side of transformation, digging into identifying where you might be living on autopilot, how to take action and change your personal story, and the importance of consistency are key elements that we talked about in this conversation. We also talked about how to make your vision a reality, something that is often missed in the law of attraction, the action part. It's about action and allowing the discomfort that comes with it. Bob believes that your wiring determines the quality of your experience, the actions you'll take, and the results you'll get, and ultimately what you do with those results. If you like topics of how to transform, how to shift your thoughts, some coaching advice, make sure that you sign up for my free weekly newsletter that comes out every single Monday at sonyaluni.com slash newsletter. I go into the science of behavior change and a lot of different things that I've learned from psychology and studying psychology that help us make these shifts in our lives, help us find more meaning and fulfillment and purpose, and have fun while doing it. You can get that at sanyaluni.com slash newsletter. A lot of us are delving into a new training routine with the springtime weather. And if you want to maximize everything that you're doing to perform at your highest level, you should check out Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker offers a personalized and research-backed way to improve your biomarkers in your blood. And all of those biomarkers in your blood impact things like your sleep, your performance, how you feel, your hormones. There's so many different things. I've been a fan of this brand since 2017 when I first started using their tests. The algorithm that the Inside Tracker platform uses is constantly being refined with the latest research. And there's over 40 biomarkers that they look at, things like what your inflammation level might be, your C-reactive protein, things like your cholesterol, things like vitamin D, B12, your iron status, the list goes on and on and on. And they use their research to offer lifestyle changes that you can make in order to optimize those. Things like what you might eat, things like what kind of sleep or supplements you might need to be getting. So check out Inside Tracker. They're offering podcast listeners 25% off all of their tests. I highly recommend doing it at least once, but hopefully twice so that you can get a baseline and then you can see if your behavior changes are working. So you get 25% off. Go to insidetracker.com slash Sonia when you use that link. And I hope that you find a new level of performance. Another thing you might be interested in is my Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy, which is mindset and mental performance skills for athletes. 
It is a self-guided course. And with the race season coming, or maybe just some goals that you have, you might want a self-guided way to learn how to have more confidence, how to set goals that actually feel good to you that aren't just based on outcome, how to work on your self-talk. This has been something that has helped athletes across multiple disciplines of sport, but also people in business and in their life. And the course is geared more towards athletes, but the practices can be applied anywhere. You can find the Moxie and Grit Mindset Academy at sonyaluni.com or at moxieandgrit.com, M-O-X-Y and grit.com. I hope you enjoy the Mindset Academy and have as much fun taking it as I did putting it together for you. All right, let's get into this week's guest, Bob Doyle. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. You have been at this for quite some time. I'm working on neuroplasticity, brain rewiring. You've been featured in The Secret. How did this all start for you? So I should emphasize that really it's only been the past couple of years that I've been focused on the neuroplasticity part. And I'll tell you why that is. But really, most people who know who I am know me because of The Secret. And that was, you know, in the personal development world, in that conversation of manifesting and creating your life by design, it was it was kind of a big deal. And, and I had only been in the industry, if you will, for just a few years, because before that, I had my career goal set on being a broadcaster and just being a goofball on the radio and doing what my dad did, you know, just having a lot of fun with audio and, and being creative. And but at, you know, I won't spend too much time on that story, but I did that for seven years or so. And it wasn't it didn't turn out to be the creative outlet I was looking for. So I started jumping around from career to career, trying to find my groove, you know, it had to be something where I could express myself creatively or I was just going to die on the vine. And so I had experiences with a lot of that. And I really kind of at some point realized that I, I was I'm pr pretty much cut out to be an entrepreneur because I don't you know, I just don't take direction. Well, I guess sometimes, and <laughs> you know, I, I want to have creative control over the stuff that I'm doing and whatever. I was a brat. I was in my 20s later 20s. But anyway, I, I'm going, I've got to find something that I really enjoy doing. And I'd spent some time in the fitness world. Actually, I was very, very, I thought that was kind of going to be my next trajectory because I got very passionate about fitness and physique transformation and nutrition and the whole thing. It was like my whole life. In fact, I think I was a little over obsessed with it, which is why I'm probably not in it to the degree that I was. But what I learned about that, studying people's transformation and what was that, because I was a personal trainer for a while, and what really made the difference between the clients who did everything I suggested and were getting results as opposed to the ones who weren't. And it came down to, generally speaking, it came down to mindset. These people just weren't ready to be that person that they were there, you know, that they had these goals to be. And that is what sort of led me into the kind of a broader area of personal development in general, like what is what makes people tick and that kind of stuff. And then as I was going through my, and that was all sort of in the background of my real career, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I was just trying to find my way and nothing I was doing was working really well. And that's what led me down the metaphysical path. It's more like, why isn't this working? There's gotta be a, a different reason. That is what eventually led me to what the law of attraction is all about or wealth consciousness or how our thoughts create our reality, that whole conversation, which can be very easily classified as woo-woo. And I wasn't really a woo-woo person. So I was trying to find the logic or the science or the practicality in all of this. And eventually I, I did to my satisfaction and I was getting results in my life. And that, and, and my enthusiasm for that is what got me sharing about the law of attraction and stuff in a program that I put together at that time, which grew. And then that's what got the attention of the producers of the secret. And so then I found myself alongside these people like Jack Canfield and Marcy Shimoff and Bob Proctor, who'd been in this industry forever. And I'm like, wow, I'm barely in this industry, you know? So it's been a pretty wild ride. Now I could just keep talking, but I'm going to let you say a thing or two, but <laughs> I can bring <laughs> us back up to neuroplasticity, but I know that's a long setup. Yeah, it sounds like uh, creativity is something that has been really important to you throughout your entire life. And as you've continued to evolve, that's been something that you've brought along with you. It, it was, in fact, yes, it's what drives me. And I also believe drives everybody some sort of creative self-expression. It may not be an art or being silly or theater, but whatever's in you to create, it could be a business, it could just be a family, whatever it is. If you're not expressing yourself creatively, that's when you start to feel that dying inside. And that's what I was living, you know, living with. And it was a terrible thing. And so that's why I wanted to find something through which 
I could express myself creatively. So all the work I do, whether it was when I was focused on the law of attraction or now on neuroplasticity and rewiring your brain, it's still all about helping you, the person, find that version of yourself that wants to get out and help you to get out. So you can have really the experience that you're, that you're here to have. Yeah. A lot of people have that feeling of they want to express their creativity, but it feels trapped inside of them. And it does take a lot of courage to put that contemplation into action to say, I'm curious about this thing, or I'm, I want to try this creative outlet, but I'm afraid to try because what does that mean about my identity? And you mentioned transformation. You kind of alluded to identity you said that you've changed a lot of roles trying to find what was the right thing for you. So how did personally for you, like, where does that courage come from to explore your creativity? Well, for me, it was so after the secret came out and I, you know, I got a lot more attention and it was like, I was just in a whole new world. And I also sort of had this expectation, or I thought that people had an expectation that I should be a certain way and that the goofball part of me or that, you know, that wasn't going to fly in this and I needed to be whatever it kind of molded into this Bob Doyle from the secret identity. That's <laughs> so I sort of resist that, to, you know, mm. these days, but it was just like Bob Doyle from the secret and what that meant and who that meant I was supposed to be. And so for the first couple of years after the secret came out and there was all this popularity, when I look back on sort of my marketing, if you will, like how I was addressing people in video and everything, it was just so generic. It was just like, it just wasn't me. It was Bob Doyle from The Secret, if you know what I mean. And that was getting to me after a while because it was like, now I feel like I'm in a job and I'm not even expressing, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to express myself. And I really want my career to be an expression of who I am. And honestly, it wasn't until live streaming became a thing. You know, Periscope in the early days and then mm -hmm. Facebook Live and, and now everything. You know, that's where the broadcaster in me was able to be tapped into again. And I could be creative in all sorts of ways visually, where before it was all audio and sound effects and voices and stuff. Now I can do, you know, visual effects and all sorts of things. So I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. All I have to do is get translate my message into this. And so, you know, over the course of a, let's say a year, that's just a random number, but I found my groove in that space. Like, how can I be, how can I use humor? and personality and quirkiness and things they don't expect, you know, to deliver my message in a way that's going to impact the people I feel like it needs to impact. Instead of trying to reach everybody by being so generic and not offending anybody or not confusing people, I just decided it was way more fun for me and ultimately going to be more effective for the people who I work with. If I find my tribe and the people who really I'm really going to resonate with, and the only way for me to do that is to show the world who I am. Otherwise, how are they going to know? So I started shifting a lot of different things about my creativity and how I express things. And, and so now, you know, it's like this career that I was honestly, there were many times when I was like, I think I'm done with this because this isn't fun for me anymore. I'll find something, you know, but now it's a, it, it is a creative endeavor. And there's this message in me that likes to get out about, you know, creating your experience of reality and in whatever form it takes, but it's certainly not the only thing I'm up to in my life, but it is a big part of it. That sounds that, like that authenticity piece was really grinding whenever you felt pigeonholed by this great opportunity that you had, but it sort of pigeonholed you. And then it made it difficult for you to want to show the full version of yourself and being able to be on video and live stream and all these opportunities with the internet really helped you find that. Yes, it did. And also humility, because I am, I was always this like broadcast perfectionist. And I wanted everything to be technically perfect. I didn't want anything to go wrong with audio or video because I thought it's going to mess up their perception of me and all of that. But after testing a gazillion times before I did my first, whatever, Bob Doyle show and something always going wrong, I thought, all right, well, <laughs> it's just going to go wrong. And that's just going to have to be how it is. And so that level of authenticity of just being able to be a person where stuff goes wrong and show that it doesn't have to make you break into a cold sweat, that you can own it and, and it's okay. And that gives other people permission to do the same thing. So something I've always, that's always been important to me, especially post secret was like, people need to know who I am and, and understand that I have all of these aspects and that I encourage everybody to explore all of your aspects even if you're not making money with it or whatever, you know, that's, that's what slows a lot of people down from exploring their creativity. It's like, well, I, how am I going to make money with it? Oh, first stop. You know, it's like, maybe you're not, but maybe you will, but do it because it's in you to do. 
because all of that, but why, what's the bigger, how's it, is that's just all, that's just stuff we've learned. It stops us from getting started whenever we get so focused on that. And then you never actually see what your potential is. And you, you said it before, you know, the people are afraid to make mistakes. You know, there's in, in, in a lot of these areas, especially with creativity, they want to show themselves, well, what if they, what if people don't like it? That's the big one. What if people, there will be people that don't like it. (laughs) Absolutely. And, and it, and, and it's a craft. You see, here's the thing, being the person that you want to become in life with all the skills and all of that is learning just like everything else in our life, like walking. It took us a while and a lot of stumbling, but we didn't stop after a week and go, well, I guess the universe doesn't want it for me. Right. Or any of that nonsense that I hear all the time. (laughs) in the law of attraction conversation because they made it because they got feedback that isn't their final result. And so that means that the universe doesn't want it for them. Oh, I'm supposed to be in the flow, man, adjust your expectation of flow because everything is cyclical. You're going to, that's how we learn anything. You can't become the person with all the success and all the stuff and the experience and and being that person without the journey to get there. So the journey involves stretching your comfort zone and making quote unquote mistakes, but it's actually all just wonderful feedback that tells you exactly how to adjust little by little to get where you want to go. But if you don't do that stuff, if you don't make the adjustments, if you rationalize stopping because, oh, it's got hard, you know, then you're never going to get there because that's how that's just how it works. This is people in the law of attraction conversation. They there's the, the, the one of the issues with it, which is why I kind of moved to neuroplasticity is because it's there's a lot of magical thinking. There's a lot of unreal expectations. Can I stop you for can I stop you for a second? Because people probably don't know what the law of attraction is. So can you define that? (laughs) Yeah. So it's defined in lots of ways, but in terms of the secret, it's basically it basically talks about how we bring things in and out of our lives. And the secret and all of that conversation is specifically how we do it with our thoughts, how we get intentional about creating our reality with through visualization and tools like making vision boards and things like that. It talks a lot about the energy and the, when, you know, the vibration we put out. And so the universe is going to match what we put out and bring it to us. That's kind of the gist of the law of attraction. And so you can see that it's very, you know, it's kind of metaphysical and can be very classified as woo-woo and magical thinking, especially wonderful and attractive for people who aren't thrilled about taking action on things because, oh, well, all I have to do is visualize and it'll come to me. Give that a try and see what happens. Sometimes, see, though, it works. And so people get this unrealistic expectation. Sometimes manifestations can occur in a miraculous way that we can't quite figure out. But for the most part, everything that is a result that we get in our life is a result of who we're being, the action we're taking, the meaning we're making out of every moment, which guides our next action. But all of that is wiring. All of our decision-making process and the, the meaning we give everything, it's all based on our wiring, which was which was programmed, it's just programmed into us from the time we were born up until now, we're always. But those first seven years, we're basically just saying yes to everything. So we're very easily programmed by the belief systems or whatever that are around us. So we tend to, you know, our parents or whoever, society, and then we grow up and that's our truth. But the person around the corner has a completely different experience of truth. So it's all wiring. And so that's why I'm focused on If you're not liking your experience of reality or you haven't manifested the things you want, we need to look at your brain's wiring, look at your autopilot behavior, identify the things that are stopping you from getting there and changing the behavior and literally getting in there and rewiring your brain, just like you were learning any new thing. It doesn't have to be magical. It doesn't have to be woo woo. It's just like practical. It's just getting that, but it's consistency. And that's, that's the tricky part. Because we get up against our wiring and we can rationalize stopping anything. Yeah, I've always kind of balked at law of attraction manifesting because of what you said. And I do think that you need to know where you want to go. You need to have a vision of what you want in your life. But like you said, you can't just wish upon a star and think of this this dream that you have and then just expect that that's going to come to you without taking action and without putting yourself out there and seeing how you respond to those and then continuing to move down that path even in spite of challenges that come your way, instead of looking that as confirmation that, oh, this is the wrong thing. Right. And that's all just a mindset thing that we've learned. Depending on who you learned life from, you can interpret it either way. And so, if, but if the way that you're interpreting it is having you stay stuck 
and rationalizing mediocrity, then it's you, then you need to know that you can change that if you want to. But you got to really want to because it's not going to be easy, you know, because all that stuff's going to come up and all of your quote unquote truth is going to be in your face every time you try to give it a new thought. And so that's why there's coaches and stuff, because you got to have some sort of support system from somewhere to remind you and keep pushing you back to the new thoughts and saying, hey, you're in autopilot behavior. Identifying your autopilot behavior is the first step. And that's the first thing I help people with. So they understand like when they're in that mode, because people don't think of it as wiring. They just think about They don't think about the fact that they're in reaction mode. They're just thinking about, oh, this is the truth. And this I'm, this is how I respond to the truth. But it's all driven with this subconscious wiring that may or may not be serving them. So how do people identify their autopilot behavior? Well, I just put it into a quiz. The way I, I help people do it is I just created this quiz that I share with people. It's free, multiple choice deal. And it, I, and I, it puts them into what I have just called, and it totally I've made this up, a transformation personality type. And that's just based on my 20 years of dealing and transformation. And so these types identify certain behavioral traits that may be getting in a person's way. And, and generally, when people take this quiz, they go, yes, that is me. And what it does is it just shines a light on a behavior, a way of auto, an automatic way of thinking that now the next time it happens, they are clear that's autopilot. And it's not necessarily true. So when I work with people, it's about like, what now, what do you do in that moment? What are you going to replace that autopilot behavior with? But just shining a light on it with, through just you know, a, a simple assessment. Or if you don't want to you know, do that, it's just like, notice your patterns. Notice where you get stuck. You know, it's just, you've just, but you have to own that it's, that's why a quiz or some sort of external assessment is helpful because when you're trying to look at yourself from the inside, you don't, you, it's impossible to see like somebody else does from the outside. What are, what are some or all of those transformation personality types? Okay. So the, the number one by far is the seeker. And this is a person who's all about personal transformation and get, make having the best life. And they try freaking everything, everything that comes along that is a shiny object, you know, for their personal transformation endeavors. Oh, this, I really resonate with this. I'm going to go do this. And then they start that, but then here comes this other one from this other person who's a little more famous or it's a little cheaper or it practice or it promises quicker results oh, over there. It's that kind of thing. <clears throat> and they're always enthusiastic and sharing with everybody about what they're up to, but they never stick with anything long enough for the wiring, the literal biological wiring to take place. And some approaches will kind of tear away what you've started on this one. And if you can't get consistency, you'll have chaos. And that's what most people deal with. That's what most the seekers, they get chaotic results. That's never the reason they're jumping all over the place is because they haven't gotten anything that's going to give them a consistent result. But their thinking isn't consistent either. Their wiring isn't consistent. So their behavior isn't consistent. So their results aren't consistent. So the seeker just needs to stick with something. And, and, and honor the fact that they were inspired to seek. But when they resonate with something, let's let that wiring complete. I can go on about seekers. The next one or another one in no particular order. And but we have talked about this type a good bit is the wizard. The wizard is the one who is prone to that sort of magical thinking. They rely almost solely on the techniques like vision boards and meditating and visualization to the, at the expense of taking the action. They, they, they really need to understand that this is a dance. You know, the wizards and all of them know that we live, that the universe is just this big ocean of energy and we are a physical extension of it. We're, we're part of this dance. It's not us and the universe. Manifesting, if you will, is it, it takes action on both parts. Like if you want to believe that you've attracted the circumstances, awesome now, but it's up to you to act on them. So that then the next thing can happen. So you can live in both worlds. You can live on the practical level. And if you're the wizard, you can live on the metaphysical level. It all is going to, but it's only all going to happen if you turn that, uh, all that ritual into action. So another type is the skeptic, which is what I would have tested as um, back at the beginning. Someone who wants to, you know, better themselves, but isn't going to just jump into something because it promises these great results, particularly something like the law of attraction, right? Something that sounds so woo-woo. Now, the, obviously there's nothing wrong with inherently with being skeptical because it, you avoid doing a lot of stupid things. But 
the type of skeptic I'm talking about is the type of person who filters every opportunity that comes their way through the question, why won't this work for me? As opposed to how could this work for me? The skeptic could ask that question and get completely different answers. They still might assess that this opportunity isn't the one, but at least they're giving it a fair chance. If everything has to run through the no filter first, they're easily going to get those answers. But, but you're going to get the answers to the questions you ask. So the skeptic can still be a skeptic and honor that part of themselves, but ask a different question. You're still evaluating an opportunity, but let's see what the good stuff is and does that call to you? But if, it's, if you're only looking for problems, then you shall find them. And of course, you won't take action on it. And then that's the that's the problem with the skeptic is they never get to do they never get to have the big transformation because anything that promises that kind of thing, they're going to run through all their filters, which will definitely tell them that it will not work for them. And those filters are a result of how their brain is wired to be scanning for all the things that aren't going to work instead of things that could work and asking how. Absolutely. And they, and again, they probably learned that behavior because something at some point didn't turn out the way they wanted it to. And they were taught that that meant a failure or something. They weren't taught, okay, this is good information. Let's, what's the next thing that, but that teaching, that one belief would have changed everything. Yeah. So, uh, so are there three or are there more? There's one more. All right. The people pleaser, the people pleaser. (laughs) And that's the really tough one. Um, because it's, there's a lot of emotion involved with this one, because if you're a person who has like woken up to your potential and now wants to be, the, the, they've been, they're going to follow their passion. They've had it in them their whole life, and now they're just going to go for it. And then as soon as they start expressing that, you know, a parent says something or gives you a look or makes a tone or a friend says, what are you talking about? Yeah. Who are you to do this? All of the outside People start telling you their opinion on it. And the people pleaser, in order to keep all those people happy and comfortable, compromises their dream. But the thing that the people pleaser needs to really get, and I know they know on some level, is that that isn't helping anybody. You're not serving these people or making them any less comfortable by you compromising your dream. They're just not going to tell you about their discomfort anymore because you're not poking at it anymore. But of course, and so you have given up your dream, the thing that is in you that's been calling to you, the thing that makes you cry when you think about it and you want to go for it so bad and you can see the vision and you can see how happy you'd be, but you just can't handle the input from the others. But the best thing you can do for them is to go for it and succeed. Not because they're going to necessarily say, I get it now, I'm with you, but they might. They stand a better chance of doing that. But in the meantime, you're going to have elevated into a whole new tribe, a whole new circle of relationship of people who know you for who you are, who you want to be, are on board with your vision and are supporting you and not giving you those looks and tones and so on. You got to be okay with evolving relationships if you're going to really go for a huge dream. And it sounds like with that people pleaser type, once you start going for it, you prove to yourself that you can do it and you don't actually look for the external validation or the permission from others so that you can start stepping out of that role. That's right. And that is true transformation. That is becoming someone new, someone who does not, you may have been your whole life, someone who needed validation from everybody before you took action, making that wiring shift by proving to yourself that it can be done and keep doing it so that you actually have proof. Now your brain goes, wait a minute, all that stuff wasn't true. This is obvious. I am capable of this. And now you are literally a different person. The core of you is different because you're going to make different choices, take different actions, say different things. You are changed. That's what transformation is. And it only happens because you're wired. Transformation is not a, a like this burst of great energy for a week because you went to a thing and everybody was all excited and you're going to do this thing. If you let your old wiring take over again, it's going to, it will happen eventually. If you're not totally awake to what is going on in your body, in your brain, as your old identity is trying with everything to say, Hey, wait a minute, me, me, me. Cause that's what we're talking about here. You know, if you're, you're basically killing off an old identity and creating a new one. And that can be scary to that part of your psyche. And so it starts throwing everything it can at you about why you can't do it. And that's why, you know, you've got to have your new vision has to be non-negotiable, just like walking was or learning to read and write all of those things that you were willing to make as many mistakes as necessary to get to. That has to be there because otherwise you will just bail. And it's not because you're weak or stupid or it's not for you. It's just because your wiring will give you every logical reason. You'll think you're making the right decision, even though somewhere inside you, 
it will not feel good. Yeah. It sounds like for all of these um, personality types, there's three components. There's number one, an awareness that you are even doing a certain behavior and taking the quiz and identifying where you might fit or even maybe you identify with a couple of them is, is going to bring forward that awareness of when you're doing that behavior. And that awareness piece is super important because if you don't realize you're doing it, then you're never going to be able to, to rewire. Then number two is like taking responsibility for your actions. If you are aware of your actions, but you don't have the courage or the confidence to take responsibility for those actions and start acting in a different way, then that's going to be really difficult. And then it sounds like number three is consistency. Once you start taking um, action to continue taking action and to stay in motion. That's correct. Because the, the consistency obviously is the most important part because we are consistent. The reason that we have the reality that we have so quote unquote effortlessly is because we are continually telling ourselves the same things at subconscious levels 24 seven. It's just the conversation is ongoing. So we have to replace that conversation on a consistent basis. So it is literally replaced in wiring so that our autopilot behaviors are different. That's why I talk about manifesting effortlessly for those who like that word. Because whatever you're manifesting right now, it's pretty much, you know, in terms of just your everyday life, it's kind of effortless. It's, it's a result of who you're naturally being. And so what we want to do is if you want to manifest at a new level, then you're, you're not, and it be as effortless as whatever you're manifesting now, you know, you need to, to change your wiring so that your behavior gets those types of results effortlessly. And that's the growth process. And it's a fun little uncomfortable journey sometimes, but that's what this is all about. Taking on transformation, like what we're talking about, being intentional about it is asking for discomfort. If you're not willing for that, then you're not up for the transformation because you've gotten where you are just all on autopilot slowly, year after year, subtle things have rewired you. This is the general population. Okay. The, the, the news, the world affairs, changing opinions, attitudes, maturity, everything just sort of, you just naturally rewire yourself into other people. What we're talking about is saying, nope, I'm going to use this brain that is totally ready to be programmed for, for a radical change if necessary. If I want, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this drastic change. I'm not going to ease into it over the years and let the situations do it. I'm determining this. So you can bet that immediately all your stuff's going to come up. And that that's part of the discomfort, but man, that's awesome. And you're grateful for it because you, now you're at your, now you're, you're pushing your comfort zone. So you do all the stuff, all the things your coach should do, the things, you know, we talk about, you're creating a huge vision. You're visualizing every day. You're using this brain to spend the good stuff instead of the negative stuff that's happening on autopilot. When you do that, you can create neural pathways with just consistent thought too. Action obviously speeds it up, but you, but that's the power of visualization. When you can rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse yourself being a different way. So now when you're out in the world and the situation happens and your autopilot kicks in and you notice it, you've rehearsed what to do. However many times you did it, hopefully lots and lots till you're absolutely comfortable with it. Every different way you imagine who is this person I'm going to be in this moment and how do they respond in this moment that's different how I've been responding. Try it on, try it on. And now here's your opportunity. And the moment you do it out in the real world, the real world has no choice but to respond differently, at least on some level. And you have then externalized your transformation by being that person, not thinking about it, not visualizing it, not meditating over it, but by being it thanks to your visualization and meditation and so on practice. Yeah, they definitely are hand in hand there. And I first learned about all this whenever I first started studying positive psychology like 10 years ago. And I didn't realize that you actually can rewire your brain for what you scan the world for. Um, and there's a lot of really interesting science behind the positive psychology field. And then it just kind of grew from there, but I'm, I'm curious. So I'm just kind of going back a step. We talked about identity a little bit, and we talked about taking responsibility. We talked about transformation and for a lot of people, even if they don't like their current identity, it's still really threatening to try to change that. So you mentioned the people pleaser type you mentioned, um, I think you might've mentioned when you were doing like more of the fitness stuff, like there was an identity there. Like if you don't like your identity or where you're at, but you are too afraid to change, how do you take action to actually do that? Well, I think you need to make the change inspiring to yourself. If you're scared, it's not, you haven't defined the vision well enough. 
it's, that that's really and that's that's what holds a lot of people back is they're so focused on they know they don't want this but they haven't clearly defined over here. They may have said money and cars and debt free, but who are you? That's the important thing, way more important than this stuff. And they haven't taken the time to do that. They haven't made it non-negotiable. They haven't seen that version of themselves and been inspired enough where they go, oh, absolutely. There's no, I have no option, but to be that person. That's when they get scared because they it's not fully fleshed out. So that for those people, I say, hey man, let's take the time to get excited about who you're gonna be and the impact that it's gonna make on the world and how you're gonna take this and that situation differently than the other and how this idea of limitation and how I can, it will be so foreign to you. You can't believe you will have ever stopped yourself. So how do you define that vision for yourself if you have these limitations in your mind of like, well, like we'll just pick an example. Like, oh, I'd love to be an author. That'd be really cool to have a book, but then they're afraid to dream bigger. Like Instead of just like having a book that one person reads, well, maybe their dream is to be a New York Times bestseller, or maybe their dream is to be a number one New York Times bestseller. Maybe their their dream is to write 10 books, but they're like, they're just too afraid to even dream at that level. So how, how do you scale your vision appropriately? I would, I would, I would use any external inspiration you can find. If there is an author or somebody in out in your space, that's doing something similar. First of all, that's like proof. It can be done. If they're just a human, they just did different things. And now you're going to learn to do different things, but, and then just to, to stand, look at what is it that, about that person that inspires you? You know, is it their position on things? Is it their humor? Is it their, whatever, what aspect of them inspires you the most? And then that gives you some insight onto things that you could enhance in yourself or bring to life that aren't there, but the other way. And that, so that's one way to at least start defining your vision. And I think once you even just start to play in that space, you, you kind of loosen up and allow yourself to start thinking about, and you'll know, you'll say this, you start with this vision. And if it starts to feel weird, you, you'll, you can adjust it so that it feels comfortable. Again, it's just, you're stretching a new muscle and it's going to be uncomfortable at first. I just say, keep doing it. Keep thinking bigger and bigger. Think ridiculously big, like think so big. You can't like, it's not, it's, you don't even want it. It's that big, but think that way anyway, because then the normal thing you want, won't seem so big. And that's important. But the other thing is the other way to kind of chip away at defining who you want to be is to get really clear on who you don't want to be. Like, look at the opportunity, look at the situations in your life where you feel disempowered. What are those, who are those people? What are the triggers in your life that you could do without, right? That, that's another way, because if you take those away, then you'll see what's underneath. You know, you, if you're free from that feeling, if you're free from those triggers, you're free to be something else. And so there's a lot of people who come like get as far as me and don't know how to define that person because they're so stuck. And I get it. That's, that's probably normal. You know, that's, pro that's probably normal. They have an idea and they certainly know what they don't want. So that's how we just sort of define it and, and start from that inspiration point. Something is pulling them to want something more. So we just start with whatever is in there. Yeah. I like that you pointed to the behavior of somebody that you aspire to be like instead of what they have, because I mean, there is nothing wrong with wanting, you know, to achieve a goal and have an outcome that is, you know, whatever it is, money, fame, whatever, but the inspiration comes from the behaviors of that person and who they are, not from the thing that they have. Right. Absolutely. The thing is, is not because they got that thing because of who they are. That's the important thing. And yes, absolutely. You that's, but that's an important difference. And I'm glad, actually glad that you pointed that out because people do tend to think about the stuff, the success they have, the money they have, but it's not about that at all. It's like, what are those traits that inspire you? That's, that's where you're getting the pull. You're not getting the pull because of they have so much money. That's something about who they were that created that, that inspires you. Yeah. So coming back to our, our little example, if you want to be like a, a number one New York Times bestseller, like that could be an outcome goal way based out in the distance, but really what you're trying to become is somebody that is an amazing writer that gets messages across that is unique or creative or really clear in a way that somebody else hasn't been able to do before. So like that is the difference between I want to be number one New York Times bestseller, or these are the behaviors of a number one New York Times bestseller. That's so true. And that's such, I wish everybody could think about their goals that way, because it's not the goal, it's the feeling. And what you described there was like, what are the, what's the result of my becoming a, a number one bestseller? How does this impact the world in a positive way? How do I get to feel about that rather than I get to put number one, New York best on my next book. Like that's just, there, there's nothing that's empty and it will feel very empty, very quick. 
And people who there's there's people who know exactly what I'm talking about. They had something on their vision board forever. They they got it. And then they just don't they're not feeling it because it's not they didn't do this part. Who am I with this thing? Because if you're if you're going to attract a whole new world around you, it's going to be a different person who attracts that. So you have to start being that person. You don't become that person when it appears out of nowhere. You become that person. And then the stuff starts manifesting through the results of who you're being. Yeah. Like what you alluded to, you said the emptiness of achievement in some, in some ways. And I know a lot of people have experienced that. I've experienced that. That's why I love talking about this type of stuff, because we think that getting the thing is going to make us happy, but it's who we are that, and, and what we're able to do on a daily basis is what makes us happy. And what those consistent daily actions are. Yeah. The manifestation of a thing, the temporary hit of it manifesting is it can be very disappointing if that thing isn't integral to who you're being. Like, why is this thing manifested in your life? Such a celebration for you as a person. And, and what does it allow you to do and be? It, it don't, all your manifestations don't have to have this huge noble goal, but they do. If they're going to feel fulfilling to you, they have to be connected to you. Can't just be some random number, you know, because somebody told you that's a lot. And, and that, is, <laughs> that is how a lot of people you know, I want a million dollars. Okay. Why? I mean, I get it. You're going to get out of debt. You're going to, and then, but then who do you get to be? That's the question. What does that million dollars allow you to be? Who do you get to be? And when you ask a person that question, you can identify a long list of things they can be doing right now that don't, don't require the million dollars to be that person who has a million dollars, if you know what I mean. Like a person with a million dollars, guess what they've got? They got bank accounts. Who's going to keep it? They got bank accounts that are well set up. They got investment plans. They, you know, they, have you done any of that? Are you ready for a million dollars? Or do you just think I'm going to get a million dollars and it's all going to be handled? Wake up. I mean, that's, this is the, you, you need to think like that successful person, not like you wishing you had what the person had. Yeah, that comes to some of the behavior change research and guests I've had on this podcast about trying to take on the identity of the person you want to become. So like the example, James Clear is the one who gave this example. He's author of Atomic Habits, which has been like a number one book for years now. But he says, you know, the goal isn't to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. So what does a runner do every day? Not this, the marathon, which is the outcome. Right. I, yes, I, I agree with that completely because of merit. Yeah, again, what does the person who is that person do? You can do those things. And like you say, you don't run a marathon every day. And, and what does the best, what does the number one best-selling author do? They write. So I hope you're writing, you know, <laughs> and with the mindset of I am, I am this, I am this. I mean, that's important to own that, but mm -hmm. you got to write. You got to do the things that that number one best-selling author will do or that runner will do. Then that comes from a result of being that. You said that consistency is the most important thing. So how do people stay consistent if they struggle with that? They get help. I mean, that's <laughs> the bottom line. You, Because a person on their own can set reminders. And if that works for them, great. There's the little timers. I mean, I'd love, I could give all day. Here's some tips. Get an app that reminds you every five minutes to check in with what you're feeling. Does it do disempower? Replace it with this. And maybe they'll do it and maybe they won't. But if their wiring says, I'm tired of this, this is boring, this is taking too long, they'll quit and then they won't rewire. So it's like, I'm finding that you got to find some sort of support system. And that's why, you know, that's what coaching is about and things like that. But as a, as a person who spent years creating digital programs for people to do on their own, right? I know for a fact that people don't finish them. <laughs> and, and even if they finish them, do they continue the practices into their everyday life? Because look, everybody has daily support for their current mindset all around them. Facebook, their friends, their work, the news, everything is there. It's constantly supporting that. So where is the voice supporting their new self, their new ideas? If they don't have it, if it's not going on at least as much as the others, how are they going to change? How is their predominant thought process going to change? So they need to find somebody somewhere, some something that is going to keep them looking at the future when it's really hard at first. Help them imagine and reimagine and reimagine and reimagine who that person is when they start to feel like this is never going to happen for me or that's just too big, you know, and, and when they go back into that autopilot behavior, show them a different way that they've forgotten. 
Because if, again, if they're on their own and they're just going with their own memory in the moment and they're flooded with their chemicals that has been produced by this automatic response that is wired, they're going to throw out all the other stuff. And it's not because they, it's just, you're, it's you against your chemistry and your body and the whole thing. It's a process, but it's so worth it. If you create a vision that makes it worth it to go through that, to be willing to give up old stories. That's another part. We talk about identity. You know, people love to tell their stories about why they can't, why they haven't, why somebody else stopped them. You know, they tell that story their whole life and it defines them. Now they're just saying, well, no, this is what happened. This is, this is justification for why I don't. Okay, great. You want to keep telling that story? Because if you keep telling that story, you're always going to justify not having what you want. You have to say goodbye to those stories forever and start telling a different story. But it's not true, this new story. Neither is your old one. So tell a better one. Yeah, I think that's something interesting about old stories is that the people that we're inspired by are the people who overcame an old story. And we, we think, oh, that's so amazing. But then people are afraid to do that themselves. And then being able to break it down to say that this is what is inspiring me is to have the ability to change that old story and to create something new for myself. That's what I really want. Yeah. And, but they've got it. But again, it's, that's that, that it gets really scary when you start, when you want to give up a story that has been your truth for so long and your justification for not having the things you want. It's, it's tricky. It's tricky, but again, so worth it when you do it, when you can see for sure, when you get that aha moment that, oh my God, yes, telling this story, of course, I'm never going to get anywhere. At least if I'm not, if I'm telling it from that energy, energetic place, now telling it on a stage after you've succeeded about how it was your launching pad. Great. Tell that story. That's what's going to inspire people. But if every time you tell that story, you get amped up into the energy and you're feeling it all over again, you're doing literal biological damage. So. I'll just move on and talk about self-talk. We've alluded to self-talk a lot, like, oh, the things that you say to yourself so that you can stop telling yourself your old story. What are your kind of thoughts or your kind of processes around self-talk? It's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and I love this topic. It, it, it's a great topic because it is, I mean, we're talking to ourselves more than anybody else is. <laughs> and, and by the way, when someone else talks to us, we then interpret what they say and then talk to ourselves. So everything. Is filtered through our self-talk. So yeah, understanding how we're making meaning and how we justify giving ourselves crap about something and all that stuff is super important. And then we have, again, we've learned things like, oh, there's a certain amount of self-deprecation. There's this, that, and the other thing, or sometimes full-blown, I'm such an idiot, that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't really think I'm an idiot. I'm just saying it. So that, that kind of stuff is definitely super important. And there's, and I'll say this too, there's hardly anything more uh, annoying than being called out on your self-talk by someone who's watching out for it. Right. It's like, couldn't you reframe that? Okay. Okay. You're right. Yeah. But it is, it is super important. And that's one of the things that now I've become one of those people, especially now, because in the law of attraction space, it was there about watching yourself talk. But now that I've you know learned so much more about how our wiring is working for or against us, then I see just how important that self-talk is. And so if I'm coaching somebody and they let one little slip that exposes an inner conversation they're having, I'm going to put a spotlight on it and call it out. And we're going to talk through it because that stuff cannot go unattended. You don't have the, again, it's that we have these weird little chemical addictions to all these really negative things, you know, like holding anger or resentment or revenge. It, it whole, it pulls up some sort of chemistry that's, that's lusciously bad. Do you know what I mean? And so we get addicted to that stuff and we got to get rid of that addiction because it's not serving us at all, but people do it. They, they, when they, when they justify how they got screwed over by somebody, Whoa, these chemicals of justification and there's, it feels good and bad at the same time, but it's part of their story. So they keep telling it. They got to start creating chemistry in their body by telling a different story. Again, using your brain to imagine a realistic new story as realistically as possible. Tell it out loud, write it down, do a video as if, but get those chem get that, get that chemistry going and tell your brain this is happening. And that will more solidify, you know, those new neural pathways and it will become your reality. I remember what I was going to ask you a few minutes ago. Um, it was about the seeker type 
who keeps jumping from thing to thing to thing. Mm -hmm. And you said that consistency is really important, but there are times whenever you are working super hard at something for a really long time and you do need to move on from that thing. Yeah. So how do you know when to do that? Well, I think the I think the seeker is going to intuitively know that they bailed too soon. Soon, I think that there's people who seek and they complete, and then they'll go to another thing. And that's not what I'm talking about. You know, if if you've got a I am complete, and there, I know you know the difference between what we're talking about. Someone who has literally gone through it and said, just like you described, I have gone through this. I've gotten what I I need to out of it. I'm complete. Then the person who will say those words, but is rationalizing just because they want to jump over to the next thing. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's, we got to be super honest with ourselves. If, if we're taking on transformation, we've got to give up the BS that we tell ourselves and rationalizations like that. If we know something about ourselves, the sooner we own it, it then, it's, then we can let it go. We, then we can identify and say, that's just a BS I do to myself. That's wiring. I want change. What's the opposite of that? But if we just keep, justifying those types of things like, oh, well, it's it's my time, then that wiring is never going to get changed. Great. Well, thank you so much for all of this amazing information that you've given people. And I like that you have classified these personality types, which helps people self-identify with where they might have a blind spot or where they might be on autopilot. And we'll make sure to put that link to the quiz in the show notes. What other place can people find you? There, meetbobdoyle.com. It's just sort of the general hub to all things Bob. That'll get you to my various socials and all of the video places. I'm very easy to find, but meetbobdoyle.com is definitely the one-stop shop, if you will. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I look forward to people connecting with you. Totally my pleasure, Sonia. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode. What I liked about this episode was that you got to hear about the behavior change aspects and identity shifting from a coach's perspective. We've had a lot of psychologists and people who have scanned research, putting that out there into the world, which I think is very, very helpful, but also hearing it from a coach's perspective and hearing it more simplified can be helpful for a lot of people to start taking those first actions. Make sure that you check out Bob's work. I can identify with what he said about taking courses or going to a speech and then wanting a coach to put it into action. That is why I started coaching as well. So make sure you check him out. And thanks again for listening. Please share the show with your friends. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so that this show can find other people who are looking for this type of information along their journey. And as always, I'm with you on this journey of personal growth, adventure, and our mission to be better every day. 